Hi, and welcome to the Lone Star Play podcast, where we sit, eat, chat, and repeat. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong, and we are coming to you from Austin, Texas. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for local restaurants, stores, butchers, farmers markets, and more who are using organic, fresh, artisanal, and local sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. Everything takes a long time. People are more comfortable with their own little uh, thoughts and uh, growing up habits and what have you. And uh, it takes a long time for those things to embrace uh, the, the public, uh, embrace uh, relationships uh, with uh, people of different colors, different structures, and what have you. All right, guys, and thank you for joining us for another wonderful episode. I am speaking to Johnny Mathis. So, you just heard him. That was him, the legend, national treasure. Um, I was so excited to talk to Johnny. To be honest with you, I kind of fumbled over my question. I mean, I, I just be real. Like, you know, I was a little intimidated, to be honest, to talk to him. I haven't felt that way uh, before. Um, but, you know, he's just got such an extensive career and he's, you know, set records, you know, I mean, this is Johnny Mathis we're talking about. So, I mean, look, guys, he invented, I'm just going to list off some things about him. Um, so, you, you know him from songs like Misty, Wonderful, Wonderful, Chances Are, which is my favorite. Uh, it's Not For Me To Say, and many other things. He also, ingrent, he also invented, um, well, he was the first one to release on Columbia Records a greatest hits album. So, you know, all those bands that you listen to, you have the greatest, and he was the first one to do it. So, the, you know, trendsetter there, um, you know, obviously growing up African-American and Native American um, during that time, right, in the 50s, trying to get known and sing, um, you know, he, he opened doors, okay, for a lot of people. Um, so breaking through race relations, right, um, he also came out later in life um, as gay later. So, you know, th this is an incredible man who's withstood a lot um, and come out on top. He's had an illustrious career, and he's actually only one of uh, five artists, okay, this is crazy, only one of five artists to have a top 40 billboard hit in every decade of his career. So five decades, he's had a top 40 hit. Um, it's just, yeah, he's incredible. Look, he's played for, you know, presidents, heads of states, celebrity, you name it, right? He has done it all over the world. Been in movies, it's Johnny Mathis. He was an athlete, he tells this great story in the interview about Bill Russell, right? The famous basketball player, Bill Russell from the Celtics. Just an incredible guy. He talks about going on the Ed Sullivan Theater. Excuse me, the Ed Sullivan Show. And, um, you know, four or five times and playing, right? Like, he just skyrocketed. I mean, Ed Sullivan. So, just some great stories. He really, um, you know, just was an amazing person to speak to. Um, so, we spoke a little bit about Texas. Um, and food, what he, you know, he's 82, maybe 83. He wasn't sure. That, so, you know, I'm just going to go with, you know, whatever he says, 82. So, um, you know, it sounds like he's 21, right, when you hear him. Um, so just, you know, really sit back, enjoy this, this interview. Look, it's a little short and sweet. Um, 
It's only about 30 minutes, but look, it's to the point, and that's just all the time I could get with Johnny, and I, I you know, took, absorbed every second of it. So, again, I really hope you enjoy it. Sit back, relax, and yes, let me present Johnny Mathis. So, I know you were on the Ed Sullivan show. I was just curious, you know, what Ed Sullivan was like in person and also what that did to the trajectory of your career. Well, most people don't realize that Ed Sullivan was a, a columnist. He was a newspaper guy, and he had the good fortune of, uh, you know, having a television show. Uh, and he was very, very awkward in a very nice way. <laughs> he had uh, no training in doing what he did, uh, introducing acts on television, but he was very famous in the New York area, so uh, it, was, uh, it was kind of a understood, an understanding of anybody who went on the, on the Ed Sullivan show, mostly the people who had, had been on more than once, that he... <laughs> He was like a little lost lamb, you know, introducing. <laughs> he got a lot of the introductions wrong sometimes, but he had this wonderful uh, uh, time slot on television when, was it Sunday night or something like that? And uh, he, he, he it, it took off like mad, but it was, it was very awkward uh, working. Uh, on the show, uh, it was a tiny, tiny little theater, um, and um, everybody was crammed in, a small audience, and uh, and the acts, he had acts like, you know, dog acts and, and, and uh, all sorts of animal acts, and we were all in the same room together <laughs> backstage. <laughs> Oh gosh! So they so they're getting all you know the best treats back there in the green room. Everyone's having to share everything. That's crazy. Just a small cramped space. Um, yeah. So that so that obviously did a lot for you know your career, right? To be on there. Did, was it like an overnight thing? Did it take a while? How did that feel for you? The marvelous part about it was that it came along after I had had a lot of success with my songs, uh, but one. One, you know, one appearance on his show, singing your, your new record, which is what uh, I was uh, so happy about. Uh, I often, I went on several times, I think maybe four or five times, and, uh, and I would always sing my latest record. And actually, the studio where I recorded was only about 10 minutes away from the, uh, uh, you know, the television station. So it was all kind of cozy in New York, but you were on national television. And uh, it was, uh, wow. I was always amazed at the fact that all of this was going on in this tiny little area of New York. Um, the, the studio was very small. The studio audience was very small, uh, but it was a, a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's Ed Solo. I mean, it's just crazy. Johnny, you're a legend. First of all, you're a national treasure. It's just, you know, again, it's just so great to talk to you about all this stuff. Um, you know, another interesting fact I, f I found out that I just think is absolutely amazing is that you invented the greatest hits album. 
just the idea of that, I think that's like absolutely amazing. Those are like all the albums I own are all greatest hits. It just brings everything together, like for every artist. I think that's, you know, you're just such a groundbreaker in so many ways. Was that a, an idea you had or who, did somebody come up, you know, to you with that? Or what was it? How did that go about? The guy's name was Mitch Miller. He was the, uh, the head of popular music for Columbia Records at the time that I was there. I, I, I worked very little with Mitch. He was, uh, he was a very, uh, very obviously interested in, um, you know, uh, being on television and things of that nature himself. Uh, even though he was, all he was was a, an executive at Columbia Records, but he had a, a, a funny kind of thing that happened. He got a lot of... Uh, uh, young men and women together, about maybe 10 or 12 of them, and called it something. Uh, uh, but they, they sang, sang along with Mitch, sing along with Mitch, that was what it was called. And uh, he became very popular. He was uh, very gregarious. Um, he was very interested in, uh, <laughs> in making a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> but he did his job, and uh, I was very fortunate to, to work with him because he was... Uh, he was a very big wheel at the record company. Wow, that's, yeah, that's amazing. You know, probably being around so many talented people got him excited to want to do it himself, um, right? I mean, that, that is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that seems, you know, what happened to me for sure. Um, wow, that's fantastic. Um, so, so look, Johnny, you, um, you're, you're from, you, you were actually born here in, in Texas, in, in Gilmer, Texas, um, which is, you know, East Texas, that is Texas, Texas, if there is a Texas, you know, where, where you were born. And I know you did move off to, uh, you know, to Northern California, but, um, you know, when, when's the last time you've been back to Texas or do you come here often? Is this, what do you think? I, well, I, I, I sing, I used to sing in Dallas, uh, in a, in a, a wonderful uh, room that they had at one of the large hotels there, uh, sang there. But I also sang uh, in, uh, they had wonderful uh, uh, theaters there. Um, and uh, for many years, I, I went back and back and back. And the most wonderful and kind of little aside thing was I loved going back there because I'm a, I'm a golfer, and I'd always watch these wonderful golfers, professional golfers, play golf. And uh, it was many, many times it was coming from uh, from very uh, the golf courses around the Texas area where where I was singing. And I was very happy to, you know, the minute I'd get off stage, I'd run over to the golf course and <laughs> start hanging out where all my favorite golfers were. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah you got into golf i know you were you know an amazing athlete um you know track athlete you did so many things you know you're so well talented um and yeah so then you got into golf and and that's you still play golf you know to this day my big claim to fame as an athlete was that uh there was a guy by the name of bill russell who subsequently became uh -huh. i guess the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, and we were pals. We grew up in San Francisco together. He went to USF. I went to San Francisco State College. And we were pals. And uh, he wanted, he was, he was very, very prominent and very famous but he, uh, as a basketball player. But 
I used to go over to his campus and practice my high jumping. And he asked me if I could teach him how to high jump. <laughs> I mean, he's six feet, six feet, 10 inches tall. And how to get that much <laughs> human <laughs> over uh, these high jump bars. But eventually, uh, he and I became real good pals. And he did uh, join me uh, in uh, uh, several uh, competitions uh, as high jumper. And uh, we'd go up and down the coast of uh, California, uh, entering into uh, contests uh, that were put on by the uh, uh, all the, the uh, universities. Yeah. And uh, Bill and I became really good pals. And uh, right all the way through, when he started to uh, play for the Celtics and became, you know, uh, and audaciously famous. Um, oh yeah! I was starting my career, and uh, I I had a a place that I sang at in uh, in Boston, uh, and uh, I used to hang out with him. And it was so funny because we went to school together, and then all of a sudden we uh, got uh, involved in professional athlete athletics and music, and uh, we were still very close for many many years. Wow. That's a wow! That's amazing. Yeah, he's a legend in uh, in basketball, right? It's Bill Russell. Wow, that's amazing. And you guys were pole vaulting, and you, you know, you no, go, we were high jumping. Or high jumping. I'm sorry, high yeah, jumping. Yeah, oh, no, no, you can't put a pole in no. the hand of a guy that's six feet ten. <laughs> He'd be taller than the pole, right? It just would, right. That wouldn't work. That would... <laughs> yes, high jumping. Oh yeah, how's he gonna? Uh, get that high yeah, jump. Yeah, we had guard. no pole. Oh we just God. had to jump over. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, yeah, you've had just such an illustrious career, and um, yeah, it's just wow. That's you know, that's fantastic. What kind of um, you know? Look, this is a our podcast is about um, food in in some ways. Um, so I'm curious. You know, I know you love to cook. I know you love to, you know, put on dinners, have people out, right? You love to, to entertain with food because that's what food does, right? It brings people together. You have great conversations. Um, you know, it's just, it's such a great thing. Food can really, breaking bread with somebody can really, you know, uh, create a relationship. I'm curious of if having a relationship with food for yourself has, you know, helped you get to even this age, right? And still singing and still having top 40 hits in every decade you've ever sang. I mean, which is unbelievable. Like, I, I, do you think having a relationship with food has helped you in that way? Absolutely. Uh, it's very important, uh, as a, any uh, professional singer uh, will tell you, is to have support. And uh, uh, food is, uh, is very important. Um, your singing is very physical. Uh, and it's... Uh, uh, it helped me so much. My mom and my dad had seven children, and I was right in the middle, and I used to watch my mom and my dad. The way they supported us uh, was they worked for very wealthy people in the San Francisco area and cooked for them and, you know, cleaned their homes and what have you. So I learned to cook at an early age, and it's just a very, very big part of, uh, of, of my life uh, as the years went on. Uh, I would I would be so far away from home in Germany or 
Italy or in, and I'd call my mom or my dad and say, how do you make this? How do you cook this? <laughs> but I, I had such a close relationship with my mom and my dad. Uh, the reason I sing is because my dad sang and he just uh, insisted that, uh, you know, if I wanted to sing, uh, we'd take some voice lessons. And I did that from a very early age. And of course, it was the foundation for my career. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Food is, uh, look at that. Food got you singing, maybe. I don't know. Can we, can we give that claim? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's, uh, well, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, food is, is, it's, it's so important in everybody's lives. Um, you know, it's, it's something I think a lot of people kind of push to the side, even though it's something you do all day. I mean, most people plan their whole day around food, where they're going to eat, what they're doing, where we're going for dinner, you know, what's for lunch, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, and especially now with uh, the pandemic going on and everything, it's absolutely even more important to maintain a healthy immune system and, you know, watch what you're eating even more importantly now. And especially, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, but farmers are getting a lot more attention now. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. And especially, in, in, yeah. And in California, I know as well, um, you know, yeah. And in Texas, too, really all over, they're just getting a lot of attention and, you know, for, for serving local food. Do you, is that how you like to eat yourself or you kind of just mix everything together? <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do the same thing. I mean, I, I really, I do. I do the same thing. I think that's it. The balance. It's just about a nice balance of a little bit of everything. Um, so look, Johnny, I know there's, um, you know, there's, you know, we're talking and, and everything seems fine. But if you were to go out in any major city right now, you know, you would see a lot happening. And there's a major movement happening um, in America with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I'm curious yourself, uh, coming from African-American and Native American uh, descent. My mother is from uh, Mexico City, and I know part of my family has... Uh, Indian as well, more, you know, Central American, but I sort of, you know, grew up with a lot of that in my, you know, culture as well. I always went to Mexico as a kid. I spent pretty much half my life growing up there. Um, I'm curious, you know, how you see this whole movement going right now. You know, what what are your thoughts on it? I don't want to be too specific. I just just sort of want to get a feel for what you feel is happening. Most of my life, uh, because of what I do, having a profession, as probably most people who have a profession will uh, agree, uh, was very consuming um, and uh, very uh, attention-orientated uh, all the time, morning, noon, and night, from the time I get up in the morning till the time I go to bed at night. Uh, it is a constant with me in all sorts of ways, privately and, you know, the food that I eat, the, the, uh, the, the relationships that I have with people. Um, and it's a, it's a constant and it's a never ending thing, especially if you're going to make it your life's profession. And, uh, I was very fortunate to be raised uh, in a large family uh, where I was always a part of, of something. And, uh, and that's the way it has been 
uh, in my career, uh, I depend so much on songwriters, musicians, to uh, to accomplish what I have to do, and uh, that is a constant with me. And even at the age of 82, I think I'm 82. I may be 83, but I hate to look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a constant with me, and uh, it's something that uh, that I feel. It's, it's in the forefront of my mind all the time when I wake up in the morning, uh, whatever I do during the day. It's, it's always about making sure that I don't uh, abuse uh, a gift that from the heavens and from God uh, that was given to me in my musical career. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I'm you know as I say, I think I'm maybe. 82. I might be 83, but I don't want to be 83. I want to be 82. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's still with me, uh, morning, noon, and night. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's um, that's powerful. So, did you face a lot of you know, I don't know, a good way to put it, a lot of racial hurdles as you were going through your career? You know, was that uh, you? Look, you were definitely a groundbreaker. You opened a lot of doors. That's that's what I you know through my research. That's what I found out. Um, so I'm curious, you know, was that something at the fore? Did you really, I don't know, you know, was it at the forefront of your mind? Did you sort of push to the side? You just, I don't even know how to, you know, how you would deal with that back in that time. Oh, you mean racism? Yeah. Yeah. Going through oh. your career, you know, like the hurdles <laughs> well, of that. Uh, like, you know, you had to be practical, uh, being in, the, uh, you know, out front like that all the time. Uh, you had to be very careful about uh, your appearances, where you went. And uh, it was many years before I felt comfortable going down south singing uh, in public places. Uh, it oh, uh, wow. just didn't, uh, didn't appeal to me at the time. Sure. But uh, as uh, things happened, uh, people uh, became um, you know, more civilized, shall we say, and uh, things worked out. I was very, very fortunate. Yes, yes, absolutely. No, just the, the way that you see it that way is, is so fantastic. Do you think, like, you know, with again, with everything happening in the streets and the Black, Black Lives Matter movement that's happening right now, do you, you know, obviously we want to see change. Are you, you know, you, you've seen a lot of change, you know, since you began your career to now. Do you think there's going to be actual changes from all of this happening? Absolutely. Uh, everything takes a long time. People are more comfortable with their own little uh, thoughts and uh, growing up habits and what have you. And uh, it takes a long time for those things to embrace uh, the, the public, uh, embrace uh, relationships uh, with uh, people of different colors, different structures and what have you. Uh, it's something that uh, I have seen from the time I was a little kid growing up in San Francisco, of course, where we had no problem in that regard. Uh, people were a little bit uh, ahead of uh, uh, the world uh, in that particular area, and I was very lucky uh, having no problems in that regard. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, human beings... Uh, are eventually going to uh, learn that uh, it's better to get along. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, well said. It, it really just comes down to that. Um, you know, we got one planet, right? This is, it's all of us together. Um, I, um, I recently uh, spoke to Dustin Lance Black. Johnny, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he is a founding board member for the American Foundation for Equal Rights, but he also won the Oscar for writing the best original screenplay for the movie Milk that came out back in 2009. Sean Penn was in it. I don't know if you remember that movie. Um, you know, you grew up in San Francisco, so I'm sure you remember uh, Harvey Milk from, from that time. Um, yes, I do. He, uh, he was in the San Francisco area when I was there. Did you ever have any interactions with him? Were you involved in that movement? I know you, you know, came out later uh, in life. Was that something that was a part of your life back then as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, as long as uh, you're comfortable in your environment, uh, which I was, uh, I had grown up in San Francisco, which is so multicultural, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was good. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's such a powerful, uh, movement back then and talking to Dustin about that and about the movie and, you know, all the research he did and, um, you know, and even him, you know, again, he was part of the American foundation for equal rights that got, you know, fought proposition, um, eight in California and then to the Supreme Court that got, um, you know, gay marriage legalized um, in America. And it's Pride Month um, this month. What Do you have a message uh, for anybody out there, Johnny, about that? I don't know. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, we're all in this together. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You're right. You're right. It, it really is as simple as that. Um, so I'm curious, Johnny, look, you, you, you know, you're amazing uh, artist again, national treasure legend. I, I could just go on. I'm curious what music you listen to, because, you know, you obviously play and sing amazing music. But what do you have on your iTunes playlist or whatever, you know, app you use for music? Or do you use apps? Do you still listen to like vinyls? And how, how does that work? Well, I have all sorts of uh, ways of listening to music, of vinyl, uh, and uh, of course I've got my little, uh, uh, whatever you call that thing you put in your ears, <laughs> and, uh, and I, yes, I'm constantly uh, uh, listening to music. Uh, I started uh, my life as a singer with my dad, who was my first mentor. Uh, he insisted that uh, if, if I really wanted to learn to sing properly to maintain my voice over the years, I was going to take some lessons. So I had a—I was very fortunate to meet a wonderful woman uh, who I studied uh, voice production with for about 12 years. Uh, from the time I was about eight or nine years old, uh, my voice hadn't changed yet. And so we went through that process, too, vocally. And... Uh, so by the time I was 18 years old, I had spent old five or six years uh, studying voice production with a wonderful uh, teacher. So when I got my opportunity to record for Columbia Records, um, I was uh, at least fundamentally, musically and vocally, uh, pretty uh, competent uh, which is probably 85% of the reason that 
I've been able to maintain my voice over the years. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, because you're still, again, you're still killing it. Like, are you, did you have a bunch of shows get canceled because of the pandemic as well? Oh, yes. I haven't sung uh, publicly for months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, sitting around waiting for things to calm down. Sure. Absolutely. Did that, was that basically the only thing it affected for you was just having live shows or did you see maybe an opportunity to do something else, maybe record some new music or? No, um, I've recorded, uh, you know, when it's uh, available. Uh, yeah. I had a long history with Columbia Records, uh, but it, I was just thinking the other day I hadn't recorded in a long time, uh, but that was uh, the the genesis of uh, of my life as a singer. Uh, but I've gone on to find out other ways, uh, and mostly because I I travel and travel the world and sing in Africa and Brazil and France and you know and and I've the thing that that I kind of think about is how fortunate I was to grow up in San Francisco where uh, multicultural uh, music and, uh, and language um, and uh, over the years it's really stood me in good stead uh, because of, of the world traveling that I did yeah that's amazing do you have a favorite uh, country that you love to go to in particular? I love Brazil Brazil Never been. Is it? I'm sure the food. Is, I've had tons of Brazilian food. Not in Brazil, though. See, it's got to be different. Um, yeah, I would love to go to Brazil. What do you like about it? Is it anything in particular? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the people, the music, the uh, uh, the language. Uh, fascinating, wonderful language to sing in, and Portuguese. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow. Do you have, so do you sing in other languages? Oh, sure. I sing in six, seven different languages. I've recorded a lot of songs, uh, and a lot of my successful songs in America, <clears throat> I've recorded in French, German, wow. Portuguese. Yeah. Wow. Does that, <laughs> does that take a long time to learn that or are you pretty keen on just picking that up pretty quick i was i studied uh languages in school so it came pretty good to me and uh, mostly it's the pronunciation that's yeah. very important um again thank you so much um for the time uh johnny um again th and uh, you know i wish you the best uh please stay safe out there thank you thank you so much All right, I really hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email the podcast at patrick at texasrealfood.com. And don't forget, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, all the different places you can get podcasts, you'll, you'll find us on there. Or you can just go to our website, go to the Lone Star Plate. Com. And you can check us out on YouTube if you want to watch it. You know, we video these, now, you know, on a little webcam here. And go to the Texas Real Food YouTube channel 
and you can find it there. Make sure to follow uh, Texas Real Food as well on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe. Um, and if you, you know, are so inclined, please leave us a review anywhere you can. You know, follow us on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, that would really help us out. Thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, without you guys, we will, you know, what's the point of doing this? So if you have any suggestions on how we can make the show better, please let us know. Thanks again. Be safe out there. Wash your hands.